everyone, welcome all. Welcome to the goddamn bricks in the wall, folks. It's me, Juan. Your co-host is here too, Drew. We're doing a throwback show today. No guest today. It's just me and Drew kicking it like old times. It's really not even a podcast because we would do this before we started a podcast. Me and Drew, we have this connection where like, I don't know, I, I can't explain it. Maybe you can, Drew, in a bit, but I feel like we... We can kick ideas off of each other. Kind of like, I see it like soccer. We're passing the ball. I throw you an idea. You, like, catch it. You look at it, internalize it, and then you pass it back to me with your ideas. And that's why I always like having these conversations, and that's why we started the podcast, sort of. So so we're here today. We're here. We're queer. We're going to do a show today. No specific topic other than I kind of wanted to dance around the idea of demons, magic, ancient Egypt, and... Maybe simulation theory, throw it in there, kind of. But so today we have Drew. How you doing, Drew? Doing good, doing good. It's been a while, brother. It's been a while. It's been a while, yeah, it has. So Drew has gone through some big changes. He's got a stable job now, no more Ubering. And he's got a haircut. He used to have long hair like Jesus, and we would call him Jesus. But now he... Wait, why'd you cut your hair, bro? I wanted to. I really know a specific reason. Like out of the blue? Like the idea just popped into your head? No, no. I've been wanting to do it, but I feel more free. Uh, I don't think it's a spiritual thing, just a physical thing, you know. Uh, I've had clients tell me, oh, you seem a little bit more energetic. With your haircut? Yeah, yeah. you do. That's weird. I, yeah, man. And, <laughs> you know, and I, I suppose that itself can be, not necessarily I did it for a spiritual reason, but that itself, whenever people tell you that, it's like, man, you know, obviously people not necessarily read your energy, but they also, I guess, physical, like your actions are, are a manifestation of your energy. Right. So if I'm acting more out out there or like acting more extroverted, obviously you don't see that, right? But yeah, I mean, you're not the only one to tell me, yeah, you seem a little bit more out there now. That's crazy. You know, so I, th- I think that's, you know, I, I I contemplate stuff like that. Like, hmm, how can people see that? Is it like an intuitive thing? I think so. Well, I mean, I'm, I, I know it's say, people say and they throw out the idea, don't judge people. But I think humans, we automatically judge people. When we look at someone... We're picking up on things through our intuition that we're not really thinking. There's just kind of like a feeling type of thing. And Chris would always make fun of you, call you homeless because you got long hair. <laughs> and he says, now you don't look homeless. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's weird because have you seen those videos where they have like people that dress up like a homeless person and they go to a Lamborghini store and they go look around the cars. And then most of the time the salespeople would ignore them because they're like, oh, he's homeless. He's not going to buy it. But then one of the salesmen, he like gives him attention and turns out that dude's a millionaire and so he buys a car right there from him. And it's just like, I think there definitely is something to how you present yourself physically. You know, you gotta be not overweight. You gotta be fit. You gotta, I don't know about long hair, but it's just like, it's maintenance. Was it more maintenance back then? You have to fucking take care of it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the things that I feel different, maintenance. I like having short hair. Uh, no, man, I mean, I get that, right? But we can maybe probably assume that out of 50 times, like, if you line up 50 homeless or long-haired grungy people, right, uh-huh. uh, we would assume that most of them are homeless, right. quote-unquote homeless. And maybe there's five of them that, are, that look homeless, but they actually have money. You know, but so that goes back to operating on probability, not possibility. You know, the probability that this guy who dresses homeless, who, who doesn't keep up with his beard or, or et cetera, the probability that, he, that he's homeless, we would bet on he's homeless rather than the fact that he has money. 
So not all the time are they homeless, yes. But sometimes they can have money, but most of the time, since we as humans, I think we, we, we move towards certainty, probability. You know, we want to be certain things. Right. We want to improve our chances. That's why we assume that, oh, this guy is probably homeless. But you, you can't always, right. like, you know, judge a book by his cover. But at, at the same time, bro, like, to, for me, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, or Mexican. If you have, uh, if you have a, a coat hanging over your face, and if you're looking down, you're wearing all black. And if you look, you know, at, if you look suspicious, if you're wearing clothing that looks suspicious, I'm going to analyze you and judge you and say, right. you're up to no good, so I need to get away from you. Right. You know, so uh, you would judge somebody by by their cover. Because uh, who, who dresses like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, who dresses by stealth in secret like that unless they're planning something in secret? Right, right. And you know what's weird too, though? When, when the people who get super rich, like um, I've seen this one meme of like, um, it was three pictures of three types of, three classes of people. And it was poor, well off, and super rich. And the person who was uh, poor, they had on like Gucci, Prada, yeah. mm-hmm. they had all this shit to try to make him look like fancy. But their bank account is zero. Right, but, and the people who were just like fine, okay, well off, or just okay, middle, they dress normal, you know, not too, not too flashy, just like a normal person. And then they had a picture of the millionaires, and they're dressed like homeless people now. If you look at like Mark Zuckerberg, or like some, I don't know, it was a picture of Mark Zuckerberg, he was at a Starbucks, and he was wearing like sandals, ugly ass shorts, and a, like a beaten shirt. And he's like a millionaire. And it's like, what? It, and then also to uh, Kanye West, have you seen his clothing line? Gap, let me see, let me look it up right now. He put out a clothing line in Gap, where he wanted to, uh, he, he put clothes that looked like homeless people. It looked dystopian. Let's look it up. Gap clothes. See what you think about this. Uh, like this. Look. What do you think about that? It's kind of like it's bland clothing. It looks like skin color. And it looks very dystopian. It's like hoodies and robes. No color. And it makes me think of that. Soviet idea that they did back in the Soviet Union whenever they were like killing people their idea was we have to make uh, things look dirty ugly cheap uh, we have to make gray buildings make everything sterile so that people don't have any beauty or any any of this human spirit in them that wants freedom and it's natural mm-hmm. so they kind of pacify everything make it look dull and, and unappealing I, I wonder what what was his, his intention behind that? But I definitely do get a U.S. sexual vibe from that. Right. Like any guy or girl can wear that. Right. Right. Basically. Right. So I definitely do get a U.S. sexual vibe. Does it Kanye West also wear a skirt sometimes? Oh, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, yeah, him and uh, and other people like Jada, uh, Jaden Smith, right. uh, uh, son of Will Smith. I know he's been wearing skirts. Uh, other people out there in, in the Hollywood culture. So that there definitely is a unisexual clothing line, uh, a fashion style, um, taking root in, in mainstream culture. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so today, it's, we kind of just veered off. There was just uh, intro, whatever. But uh, what I wanted to focus on today was the, th- the theme of God and demons and spirit and magic. Because today in the morning, it's, it's Saturday today, um, took my daughter to the library this morning. And uh, we read. I read her a couple books, and then I, I grabbed a book on on ancient Egypt, because I love reading about that stuff. It's always fascinated me. I still remember when I was in fourth grade, uh, we started learning about world history, and I, 
I, this was the first time I looked at like ancient art, ancient hieroglyphs, uh, the mask of King Tut. And I was fascinated. I was like, what is this? This stuff looks like totally different from anything I've ever seen. It looks alien sort of. It looks mystical, very spiritual. And since then, I've always been fascinated about it because they were so knowledgeable about consciousness and the mind and the spiritual world. But now that I've learned a lot more, I feel like there might be something demonic to all these ancient cultures who did these fantastical things that we like, we can't figure out how they did, like the monolithic sites or the pyramids. So to start off, I want to start off with this little quote I saw by this guy. I forgot his name, but I think you'll remember him right, right now when you see him. Uh, Jordan Peterson. No, not Jordan Peterson. Um, you'll see his face right now. I just forgot his name, but he gives a little, this is a little intro video to what we're going to sort of talk about today. And it's about spirituality and humanity having lost that connection with the God. So this is, uh, you'll remember his name right now, and then we'll tell it after. So check this out, guys. Sort of an overshadowing presence in the universe that men have called God or some sort of an ultimate uh, spiritual presence that is leading or directing our evolution. And if that be the case, which it seems to be, then maybe there is some hope yet for the human race. If enough people begin to wake up, spiritually speaking, and begin to look at their lives spiritually, then there might be hope for us yet, because this is why we are in the shape we're in today, because we are living in this me generation. And this generation that only cares about feeding itself and taking care of itself and enjoying itself, never realizing you have responsibilities to the world that you live in and to help your fellow man to, to grow and to help educate other people. Do you remember his name now? No. Damn it. He's a real big guy. I'll figure it out and I'll put it at the end the of the show. Notes. Yes, I knew I you were going to say something about this. I know a lot about that. No, not a lot about it, but I've heard about it. You know, obviously, it's selling people TV. Sometimes we get people who want to subscribe to that. Aren't they really known for, like, um, uh, isn't that that black scientist, what's his name, Dr. I forgot. His a space name. scientist? Yeah, uh, uh, Neil deGrasse, yeah. something like that. Yeah, Tyson. But I think, yeah, they talk a lot about that stuff, about our spiritual, like, outer space, or just, like, the mysteries of the universe. But... Essentially, what, what I believe what he's saying, I, I think he's targeting, I think, um, yeah, man, there's a great architect of the universe who's directing human evolution right. spiritually, and yeah. I, I think it's um, ultimately uh, Luciferianism. Yeah, yeah for I sure. I think it's ultimately that, you know, it's just, um, uh, I think that uh, it's, it's a positive thing for the most part. It's, uh, people look at it it's designed and prepackaged as a positive thing, but I wouldn't necessarily, I don't trust the root or the end game of this spiritual evolution. The end game, the, whatever it's all said and done, I don't trust the final destination. Right. I don't trust it one bit, but the process and the whole explanation of how, how we evolved, it seems really good. It seems like it's for humanity that we want to do what's best for humanity, kind of like Agenda 2030. I don't trust the end game of it. I, I really don't. So you think it's kind of like a wolf in sheep's clothing type of thing? Because mm -hmm. so this is Jordan Peterson. I just remember his name. This is Jordan Peterson on is a segment no, on this, this show. Guy right here? Yeah. No, it's not, not Jordan Peterson. Jordan Maxwell. Maxwell. Yeah. Yeah. Did I say Peterson? Yeah, you said. Peterson. Okay, I meant Maxwell, guys. Sorry. 
uh, and this is uh, this was on an episode. I think it's called Lost Symbols, something like that, on Gaia. And I knew uh, uh, my homie, homie Drew here was gonna say something because while I do agree that some of the stuff on Gaia does sound appealing and stuff, at the end of the day, they are kind of like. I think they're a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah, and I, I never really watched it too. This is my first. Yeah, I never really tuned into it. But I just I've heard of Gaia. But since I saw that word, I'm like, hey, I, I, I've I've had people call me want to subscribe to that. Let's look into it right now. But yeah, Gaia supposedly is this type of network where they publish a lot of like spiritual stuff. Um, talk about like chakras, aliens, um, Hindu mysticism, all these weird, different spiritual type of stuff, and. Guy, yeah, and I feel like, yeah, it does sound nice and cool to like bring humanity together, but at the end of the day, I think what they're doing is they're doing it under the umbrella of Luciferian ideals, which do sound good. It's like helping humanity do all this cool stuff, but they want to unite the world. They want to bring the world into one religion that accepts everything in a sense. It doesn't matter what you believe, what that person believes, which I kind of agree with, but since I grew up as a Christian, I want to hear what you think about this, Drew. Since I grew up as a Christian, I feel that my, this might be biased to say, but I do feel that there's something to that of Jesus and this this one person who claimed to be God and he came here. Being God Almighty, he, he put himself in this reality or in this simulation. He entered and became one of us and showed that there is a way to live like righteously, that there is, a, there is something to morality and values and ethics. Who's here? I think somebody's here. But, um, damn, where was I going? Value and ethics that God was put here uh, righteously and he... Oh, yeah, yeah, that Jesus is here and he proved that there is a way. And then he even died. Like, he gave himself for us. Like, that's the ultimate thing. When it comes to these other gods, like Zeus or, or, or these other myths from around the world, they don't give themselves up for you. They usually want sacrifices. They want people to, like, give to them. And it's that's what it's about. They want worship through, like, sacrifice. And... And God, being himself, he became Jesus, and he came to this world, and he gave himself as the ultimate sacrifice. And so you don't have to be doing these other extra sacrifices. All you have to do is just, like, believe in him, which I think I know it might be biased to say I don't know what the ultimate truth is. I think when I die, maybe I might figure it out. But how, how fucked up would it be, Drew, that we die and that's it? Do you think that this is it? No, certainly not. I, I do think that uh, whenever you die, this isn't it. I, I think, I believe that quantum mechanics, quantum physics, I, I think that they've, they've proved already that uh, we go on to live forever. What I mean by forever for eternity is that our consciousness, our spirit, uh, it, um, it, it, we're immortal in that sense. Not our physical body, not our brain, not our mind, but our consciousness, uh, it, it's eternal, it never dies. Uh, I, I relate to I relate this back to what Albert Einstein said: energy can't be created nor destroyed. Right, it uh, transfers. And I, I, there's a similar verse in the Bible where it says like, um, the word was in the beginning. Uh, the word know, was God, and the word was with yeah. God. And then also like in the Book of Proverbs, it says that God knew you before you were in your mother's womb. Right. God already had knew a thought of you. So that relates to like, man, uh, we were. Uh, I do get the interrelation because if energy can't be created or destroyed, and if we're made in the image of God, you know, I see that correlation and stuff, but no, I certainly do believe that our bodies decay. Everything in this uh, world, uh, this uh, physical matter decays, 
so yeah, I, I believe that we go on to live forever. But uh, I think the question is, how do we live? Um, where do we live? Uh, what place is it? What do we do in that, in, that etern- in that eternity? I think that's the ultimate question for humanity. I think that we're all chasing eternities in a sense, man. We're all chasing love. It's a broad category, but by love, I mean like we're all chasing some type of fulfillment, completion, mm-hmm. certainty. Um, you know, we all want to be satisfied. Right. So, yeah, man, I certainly do believe that, no, this isn't it. Uh, for the material world, for this physical existence, yeah, but that's the ultimate question that I think ponders in uh, humanity's soul. Right. Like, okay, where do we go? I mean, what's the point of all this if all of it fades? Obviously, uh, we got to enjoy the human experience. Right. Yeah, you know, so uh, it's not to say, well, fuck everything, this doesn't matter. No, enjoy it and, and mean it, you know, love right. on people. Because yeah. this human experience doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It does matter, so I'm not saying... Oh, well, what's the point of me going to jail? All of this uh, fades away, so I can do whatever. I, no, I can do whatever I want. No, no, it's certainly not. Uh, it does matter how you live, so live live with intent. But you can't identify it like with your ego. or You, you, you can't worry too much about it. Be concerned, but don't worry, because whenever you worry, it's like you think this is your final end game, this is your eternity. But to be concerned it just simply means that you know that you acknowledge your existence, but worry doesn't do anything for you. Uh, you know, we're not here for an eternity. But again, that's the ultimate question for humanity. You know. Yeah, for sure, man. See, when I start thinking about this, I get really weirded out and tripped out because it's Chris. when I start thinking about like the afterlife, do you think that it's like the Christian afterlife that we go to a heaven where there's walls made of gold and floor made of emeralds? <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily call it a Christian or this or that afterlife. I would No, I certainly do believe that that I'm going to be judged for what I've done here on earth. And I think uh, what I feel inside, the, the reason why I believe in that is because I believe that I have a creator. I certainly do know that I was made. You know, there's no way that um, I could have spontaneously had two hands for a specific purpose, two legs, mm-hmm. a nose facing down uh, for a specific purpose, two eyes, and just how everything, some people are born not like that. Right. So to that, that makes you wonder, well, then how come are some people born imperfect? Mm-hmm. So how can, how can that, how did, did God make that? Uh, so exactly, yeah, exactly. So this is why, but then again, I would argue with that, like, okay, well, I mean, there is a mistake, there is sin, or there is, I mean, uh, imperfection and 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 incorrection in this world, and I think that that's a broad category for for negativity, and I think that's all uh, having having to do with you know uh, Luciferianism or the opposer the the opposing force of, of God, mm-hmm. right? So I do acknowledge that both uh, energies exist. Um, but yeah, I mean, I certainly do believe I'm going to be judged. And, um, yeah. But where do we go? What do you think we go after? What is? What do you think is next? I think it's either an eternity with with God. And what I mean by God, I think it's either an eternity with with God, the Father, um, the Creator, God. Or it's either an eternity um, away from him, basically, 
away from uh, pure divinity. They can see an eternity away from them. So basically, an eternity with, um, with, with apart from God. So I mean, I think the only the only force apart from God is Luciferianism. But I think Luciferianism not only covers the actual entity, you know, Lucifer himself, but Luciferianism also covers the self. The self is Luciferianism. Hmm. So we, you say we go back to God. Well, what do you, what, if you could come up with an idea, what do you think we do after? Like, we fly around, we're in space? Um, I don't know, um, but I do believe that's, that it's eternal rest. I, I do believe that um, there's no more mistake, no more worry, no more weeping, hmm. no more pain. I believe that it's eternal rest. That much I do believe. Why? Yeah, no, for sure. I find that fascinating. Um, I always remember this one quote by Ram Dass because I've gone through several deaths. I mean, I've had several deaths uh, throughout my life. Even recently, like starting in 2020, I had like a death every year up till last year. And the only thing that I found that kind of helped me ease that pain was a quote by Ram Dass. He said something along the lines of, death is not a failure. Death is safe. Death is taking off a tight shoe that you worn well. And that's like, damn. That helped me, like, really let go of that pain because uh, I was always like, man, it sucks that their life is over. They don't get to see their kid grow up. They don't get to see all these things that are happening. But then again, like, being a human, yeah, it's great and wonderful and just all these amazing experiences. But then, I mean, what do you think about this that the Buddha has said, Drew? He says that life is suffering, like, this life, it is great, but you will suffer somehow in one way or the other. What do you think about that? We've all suffered. <clears throat> yeah, I think that life is something that, um, it's uh, basically life is, uh, I mean, in the physical sense, life is earth, right? Uh, we have, we're living on this earth. So it's not necessarily the fact that earth is suffering, apart from natural disaster. Tornadoes, tsunamis, etc. Hunger, though, pain from like l lost of, of loved one, um, no, I suppose disease. Some of that, maybe some of that can be traced back to, to, to our individual action, apart from opposing government. Sometimes governments, um, their ways of doing things could, could you know, upscale the balance towards one uh, class favored and the other class suffers. You know, but I mean, life in the physical sense, yeah, it's earth, but in the spiritual sense, uh, we have life right now, we have breath. But I think ultimately, life, ultimately, people are filled with life, others aren't. And I think uh, others who aren't filled with life, they, they, they chase it through drugs or uh -huh. drinking or things like that uh, for, to, to seek life. Others have life within themselves, they, they have their family, you know, their, you know, things like that. Or a passion or I, I think it's really the mind. The, the way we look at things that that gives us suffering, our attachments to things. Since didn't he also say that the root of our suffering is attachment? Yes, desire. Yeah. So like no, for, that's human. I, I think desire is good, but attachment it, it's identifying with this that this is me. I need this. Without this, I'm not complete. Well, but but then I I I, I do agree with that. But then you gotta go even further. What is that attachment? Is because you're desiring something, wanting something, wanting things. Mm -hmm. Wanting your loved one, wanting food, uh, wanting health, that this need, we're attaching it to like happiness. That if we just have this one thing, we'll be happy. If we can just have this other thing, we'll be at peace. And it's always like this constant 
um, trying to accrue something more. Like, for example, the people who make it rich, like uh, Warren Buffett, he has all the money in the world, but he's still, like, trying to get more and more and more. He's not satisfied. I think that, that you can have desire and not be attached because then we discover the relation between satisfaction and being content, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like, like we can be tense. We could be content and satisfied, right? But uh, we could still seek uh, more, but with or without it, we know that we're good. True. You know, uh, so yeah, I don't think just because we, we have a desire, I don't think that means that we're attached. Um, I think that we can have a healthy desire and want something because that's part of life to have goals, right? To have uh, a future, to look forward to, to be working towards something, whether it's in the form of whatever. But to be attached to it, then that means you're worried about it. And, and if you don't get it, that's the end of your life. And, and I think that's attachment, that's ego, mm-hmm. that's self-identifying with it. That's basically uh, uh, so, sort of like an obsession or, or an addiction. Therefore, you're not using the product, you're abusing the product. Because to use something, that's, that's, that's okay, you know, but to abuse it, we see the ab in the word use, to abuse. Just like normal and abnormal. Normal is fine, but to be abnormal is kind of like, well, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Do we need a, it's a, a, a psychoanalyst to, to analyze you, right? And so, yeah, yeah, man. I mean. Okay, so... If you could have anything, though, Drew, what would you, if you, if you had one wish, I guess, it's a cliche thing, but if you could have anything, what would you want? Financial freedom. Okay. Yeah. Just have, have lots of money saved, investments going on, just have lots of money saved, just peace. Okay. I, yeah. Okay, interesting. So, I, I guess this is going to kind of help us tie back to what we we're going to talk to. Because to me, since I was little, when I was little, I grew up in the church, right? I know like most of the Bible stories. I've read the Bible several times. And to me, one of the most interesting characters that I came across with was Solomon, the King Solomon. Because he, uh, God loved him so much and he was such a good person at first, you know, when he was young and stuff. He was like always looking for God, always trying to be close to God to do the right thing. And so God asked him, what do you want? What would you like? And what do you think he said? What do you think King Solomon asked God? Did, for he, God? did he say wisdom? Yes, he said, give me wisdom, please. I want to know, I want to understand. Are you, man, are you basically needing this wisdom, I think? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you have wisdom, you unlock everything. Okay, so that's why I love it, because to me, that's always something I've been yearning for, knowledge, awareness, yeah. consciousness, knowing as much as you possibly can, really getting a grip, a grip of the situation that's going on around you. Because if, you, if you're smart, you can basically have everything. If you're smart, you know that you have to eat healthy. If you're smart, you know how to handle your finances. You, you yeah. make money. If you're smart, you attract the right people. If you're smart, you pick the right woman. If you're smart, you can develop your life in the best possible way. So I, I, I love that. I love that Solomon asked for wisdom. And, and not only that, but I think that with wisdom, you can mostly get through everything. Yeah, yeah. with wisdom, I mean, that's really, it's the mind. That's the ultimate. that Apostle uh, Paul that said, I've learned the secret of wisdom or the secret of contentment. I know how to live with little and with a lot. Yeah. I think that's wisdom. Yeah, that's right. what I was going to write down. Like, yeah, you, you could have everything. Um, but I felt more more relative to, like, with wisdom, I think you can get through everything. And with wisdom, you could have joy inside all the time. You won't necessarily be happy all the time, but, but you could learn that, man, I'm good either way. 
good there without money, I'm good either. Well, you need money in a physical sense, but I mean, wisdom is basically, you can get through anything. Right. You know? and, and also with that, with wisdom, I think you can come to the realization, sort of like Buddha, that desiring and wanting things is what leads down this path of just wanting more and more. And so w one of the things that I feel very blessed that I've learned in my life is to be at peace of mind. Like, I don't really desire things. I don't really buy shoes. I don't really buy anything for myself. The only thing I really buy for myself is weed, and that's pretty much it. I don't desire, like, a giant house or a super nice car. I, when, even when I was young, like, I, I thought it was hilarious when people always wanted to, like, go out, go to the club, go to the bar, like, be out in the scene. And there is something to that, you know, socializing, being with people. But to me, it seemed like to them, they wanted that sense of, you know, being in, in the in crowd, being, um, just being in it, like being, you're, you're yeah, you're, you want something from being around these people. It's like you can't be at peace just at home. And that's what I like with the crew that I was with when I was young. We didn't go out and stuff. We, want, we went to H-E-B, bought us a big pack of beer, a couple packs of beer. We went home and just played cards and talk and shoot the shit at home, you know. We didn't feel like we had to dress up and, and go out and drive and, like, get all of this, I don't know what would you call it, like, inflate your ego in a sense, it seems like. And so I feel blessed because of that. I don't really desire anything. The only thing I really desire is, like, Solomon, knowledge. Ever since I was little, I just wanted to know as much as I can because if you know as much as you possibly can about anything or everything, you have a better way of handling or navigating this realm or this world. And so what we're going to talk about today is Solomon, his wisdom, his fall, and Egypt magic. So to tie it back earlier, what I was saying is, so I took my daughter to the library, and we read, and then she went off. I told her to read some books, and I got that book of ancient Egypt. And I was looking through it, and it's really fascinating because the way of the book was titled A Daily Life in Ancient Egypt. And... Um, there's a bunch of sections like about what they ate, um, how they mummified people, but then they got to this section where it was talking about, it was talking about magic, it was talking about rituals, divination, and all of this stuff, and it, and it really reminded me of when I was little how I would see this culture of like a magical culture that was very high in consciousness. So I wrote a couple of things down that I wanted to share, and. Um, there's a couple stories that have to do with magic in ancient Egypt that I wanted to share. And here's one of them. Um, this is a story about a high official in ancient Egypt. He was like in the courts. He worked for the pharaoh and all of that. And um, his wife was unfaithful. His wife was cheating on him. And he knew this. So he, what he did is he knew magic and all of this stuff. So he asked for one of his like servants to bring him this chest this ebony and metal chest because inside of it there was some wax and so he melts this wax and he he creates like a a crocodile figure out of this wax and it says that this crocodile figure is seven fingers in length so it's a tiny crocodile right and so then he puts a curse on it he puts an incantation and he says the right words and um, so this crocodile is essentially cursed so he gives this cro wax crocodile to one of his servants, and he says, whenever you see the guy that my wife's cheating on me with, because he knew he would go shower in the, in, the, in the Nile River in this certain spot, he would always go. And he told the servant, take the crocodile there, and when he's there, throw it in and, and just do that. So one day, he, the servant sees the guy going to the river to shower, 
and he takes the crocodile and he throws it into the to the the river and when it falls into the river it turns into a real crocodile and it grows seven cubits in length which i don't know how much cubit is but it's long so it became a real crocodile and it went into the water and it ate the husband and then the guy the main guy he he killed his wife and spread her ashes in the nile river so this is just one instance of magic so do you think, Drew, my question to you is, do you think that this is a real encounter? Or you think this is like a myth or like something somebody made up? It's probably something that somebody made up. Like a comic book, maybe, type of thing? Yeah. Not or anything like that. I don't know, but I think it's made up. I really wouldn't believe that. Why? Well, I suppose it just doesn't make uh, doesn't make sense within living in a third dimension. You know, I think that uh, something could only happen to you, uh, like a spell, if you will, or magic like that, only if you're susceptible to this suggestion. But I don't think anybody can make something happen to me. Um, I've had to or happened directly to me, maybe indirectly, but not, you know, I don't think that you, Juan, you could personally, personal, uh, that you could put a spell on me and have it happen to me. Okay, okay. You could uh, suggest it to me and have me fear that it's going to happen to me, sort of like a placebo effect type of deal, where it registers my subconscious or it becomes a belief. Therefore, it will happen to me. But if I disregard it, like, no, that's not going to happen to me. I got faith. I'm good. And nothing won't happen to me. Okay, so I asked this because I wanted to get... Okay, so you don't believe that story. But... And I'm not pushing against your ideals because yeah. I also believe in Jesus and stuff. So I don't either... I don't know if I believe this story. But then again, who would come up with this weird shit? So, but then extrapolate that idea and then put it into the idea or the story of Jesus turning water into wine. From, from or doing all these weird magical things. Yeah. How come people believe that stuff? Or... Or more willing to like believe that stuff, but when you hear stories from other cultures, they're more more like, eh, it sounds like a comic book. It sounds like a story somebody just made up. What so, would you say? So I, I suppose right now, man, I think you've aroused thoughts in me. So I was only thinking in this instance, right? But put it shortly, I do believe that that sort of magic could happen, but I think it's with the aid. Uh, yes. Uh, spirits. Right. That's what uh, I'm trying to get uh, to. Uh, uh, magicians and things like that. So I certainly do believe in the spiritual or in the quantum realm where things defy logic, things defy common sense, things defy uh, the laws of physics. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah. But for me personally, I don't believe that somebody could, you know, place a spell on me and it happened to me I would have to be susceptible or vulnerable to the to the suggestion but um, so something a story like that there is a, a possibility to be true but not many people could pull off magic like that only those who know like the dark arts or like dark secrets and I was uh, watching a, a Joe Rogan podcast he had Dove, Dave Mustaine from oh, Omega that was a great podcast. Really podcast bro, but he was even talking about how yeah, magic. You know, dark arts, it, it, it could kind of screw with your head if you know a lot about it. You know? Mm -hmm. So, um, 
Yeah, I do believe that spiritual things like that go on in that in that realm that our eyes or our ears or our senses, our smell, our touch, or or anything like that that we can't necessarily pick up on. You know. All right, Christopher's here. Where's your sunglasses? Oh shit! What's going on, Chris? Christopher's here. All right, Chris. We're talking about magic and shit. So uh, I I do really align with what you're saying, Drew. And I'm gonna give this other story. What's going on, bro? What's up, Christopher? He's here. He's wearing a T-Mobile so, shirt. Really? Yeah. Is that the T-Mobile? You your jerseys? No, I don't, I don't fuck with sports no more. You grab that shirt, brother. So me and Drew uh, are talking about magic and shit, and I gave the story from ancient Egypt. Hey, is that your water bottle? Over I brought you one. Yeah. No, no, uh, oh, you finished it? Let me, I'm going to stop what, this. Yeah, I'm gonna take okay, so um, I want to share the second story about magic from ancient Egypt and um, get your perspective on this one, too, because yeah, I do agree... That's hash. You want some? Yeah, sure. Um, so this, because I do believe that there is something to this. Maybe this story is real, but I do feel like maybe it is done through the work of dark, dark arts spirits who are aiding, who are who know how to manipulate this physical world and make several certain things happen. Okay, so this is the second story that I was reading. Yeah, and, and I certainly do believe that um, spirits. Hash? Spirits through dark arts, they do manipulate the physical world. Right. And I believe that that um, controllers uh, for just people who are at the very top of the pyramid, I believe that they're they're influenced by by the spirits or, or, or by the, the, the puppet masters. Okay, yeah, you know, totally, for sure. And, and so they they get their ideas and influence from the spirit world on which way to turn the world in in order to lead to the final end game of New World Order. Yes, sir. So, yeah, yeah, I, I do believe that these spirits, uh, you know, they they determine world events through people, Luciferians, globalists, centralists, elitists, whatever you want to call them. They use their puppets. And, and their puppets believe that they're, they're fighting for the righteous fight. That's what we call agnostics. Uh, uh, even Willem Cooper uh, talked about that. There's a YouTube video about it, about you know God being the bad guy because not wanting people to be awake, right? Not wanting to dumb down humanity. God didn't want you to, to know the difference between good and evil. And Lucifer wanted to liberate mankind. So that's why they believed that Lucifer was a good guy. God was the bad guy. Mm -hmm. so, so basically for, for, for the globalists, for the leaders of the world, they believe that they're doing the right thing. They invert you know, everything. So yeah, because Lucifer promised him, like, hey, you know, uh, their their religious God promised him, like, hey, you, you follow me, I'll make you kings and queens of the earth. You'll be rulers, the 1%, and everybody else will be down before you. So so they want to fulfill that promise. So they're working towards that promise of not only that, but transhuman, transcendence, living forever. That's the promise that Lucifer gave them, you know, through transhumanism. I do believe that certain leaders... They believe that they'll reign forever and ever with Lucifer. Uh, Christ followers, biblical Christ followers, believe that they'll reign forever and ever with Jesus Christ in, in, for eternity, after they die in, in the afterlife. So you see how we have two, like Luciferism and you know, um, the Bible. They both believe in the same thing, but it's inverted. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's weird how it's like directly the opposite and twisted exactly. backwards. So somebody must be right. Yeah, that's you what know, I always wonder. Who's right? You know, well, what if there is no right? Question. What if there is no right? I think there has, to, has be, to be, but but then the, I can get pretty dark and be like, man, maybe this is it. You die and that's it. But we are talking about that earlier in the afterlife. But uh, yeah, right now what you were saying is like, what if they do get the, the bad people, the evil people, what if they do get their wish and they get to rule everyone and they get stuck into the like this metaverse and they, they live will, and they yeah, live they in get their wish, right yeah but it just won't last forever though they will the second coming of in, 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 in biblical doctrine of the second coming of Christ, Christ Christ will come to defeat them in the in, in the final Armageddon yeah that's the whole uh, 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 mythology behind that. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. That's it reminded me of Black Mirror. There's an episode where like these people are living forever in this server, in this digital server, and there's no time, so it can basically go on indefinitely forever. So imagine like, okay, we're gonna pause right now because Drew's coming back in a bit. <laughs> All right, it was kind of half of the show. Since, since I got that weed from you, bro, I really haven't smoked. So uh, I, got, I got low tolerance now, man. Me You're too. I, I, I only do this. I don't do blunts or joints. Yo, man, I, I before we get it, man, bro. Where are you recording? Smoking before, like, smoking to use it to go to sleep, it's a whole lot more fulfilling for me than smoking to get high. Right. I, I love, I love smoking. Even a puff like that, bro, man. You know, Sometimes I, I, it, it's hard for me to sleep though. With smoking, bro? yeah, because I feel like I'm high. Yeah, because like we, we, I just think, especially I feel like for us, yeah, we we think <laughs> and like we have we don't get that high how we used to. So when we do it again, it's like. Oh shit, like, yeah, I feel that, you know. Okay, so we had to take a little break so uh, Drew here could take a big ass hit. Uh, we're in the middle of the show. Back in the day when it was just us, like halfway through the show, we'd take a hit and we'll see how stone uh, fucking Drew gets. So he's probably gonna get quiet in a bit, but he'll, it'll be okay. So let's go back to the story that I wanted to say, this other story about uh, ancient Egypt and magic. This is about an old sage. His name was Teta. He was 110 years old. And um, so he was like a magician. He was a uh, he was a sorcerer. He he was very famous for knowing how to do magic and all this shit. And so King Khufu was fascinated about him, and he wa- he ordered uh, for the man to come to him. And so the man said, "Yeah, I'll come, but uh, send me two boats, one for my family and one for me. I mean, one for my family and one for my books, so we can come and uh, see what you want us to do." So the pharaoh does. He sends him a boat for uh, his family and his um, books. And uh, the Khufu had heard that this guy, Teta, uh, he, could, he could put the body of a decapitated head back together. And so Khufu was very fascinated about this. He said, Is, can this guy really fix a human who has been decapitated? And so he brings him forth and he asks Teta, I heard you have the magic to uh, fix a decapitated body. And he says, I do. And so the pharaoh brings him this captive, this prisoner. And he says, okay, I want you to see, I want to see you do it on this guy. And so the guy, the guy says, no, I don't want to. Please uh, spare this guy's life and bring me an animal instead, and I'll do it on the animal. And so the pharaoh agrees, and he goes, and he brings a goose. And so they decapitate the goose. And, um, and so Teta, he does like this magical spell. And uh, the head goes to the body of the goose and comes back together as one and so King Ta- I mean King Khufu was fascinated he was like oh shit how is he doing this and so he also does it with an ox and a bird and and so it kind of just goes to prove that this guy has his magical power 
And uh, so my question again to you, Drew, do you believe the story or do you think this is something made up? Or do you think that this is possible through the work of demons? I mean, I, I believe that, that magic or uh, magic and anything outside of using uh, Holy Spirit as your aid, I think it's the work of uh, light workers or the work of, of entities that aren't that are uh, uh, he's pretty high now you gotta uh, give, him, give him some time entities that are of Luciferianism okay you know so it's kind of like I mean there's many celebrities actors and, 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 and musicians that have said uh, even Robin Williams he was one of them not to call out a dead man but even he a lot of people say that to perfect their acting craft or uh, to do a certain thing on playing the drums or singing like like outstanding performances, they've given their credit over to using to, to the spirit world or to using their body, letting their body be used as a tool or a vessel or a vehicle for spirits to help them. Even that guy, John Frusciante from the Red House Food Pepper said something like that. So I believe that's the work of entities that aren't necessarily uh, biblical. Not uh, biblical in the sense like, they, okay, they exist throughout history. This, the Bible have, has talked about them, but they're not necessarily holy. And I believe that the work of, of holy intervention is more like um, <clears throat> miracles, like like somebody, uh, you know, like a, a follower of God putting his hand, like God willed me to be, uh, to have a hearing in my right ear. I believe that the work of that could be attributed to holy intervention for some something like a celebrity saying that oh I got my fame and fortune from uh, a spiritual intervention like you know I could do all of these amazing things or I got um, I, I give myself over to the spirit realm this is how I can use my acting craft I believe something like that is the aid or the intervention of entities that aren't necessarily holy like you know, so it just depends on where that holy intervention comes from. Because a lot of people say that, oh no, the, the Bible is God-inspired, right? So, I mean, basically, all that we can sum up from that is that, okay, the Holy Spirit influenced certain writers to write the Bible. Now, how much of the Bible is God-inspired and how much of it is it's tampered with? Mm. Something like that is, you know, the work of the Holy Spirit. But other works, like you see, on, you see, with, you see with magicians doing things on TV or like other things like you know that guy Benny Hinn from the TVN channel and putting his hands on people and people having a seizure I really don't I really wouldn't believe in stuff like that I think that's the work of, of entities that aren't Christ-like or that aren't holy well they're, they're just acting I feel like they're acting uh, they could be but you know they're called light uh, light workers you right, know they're right. called uh, healers um, they're called light workers and they're called just different sort of new age star beings star child Child's, indigo child rainbow like rainbow that. child but I believe that this type of these types of influences and this type of doctrine will be um, the spiritual evolution that drives humanity just like that guy China was talking about mm -hmm. uh, what was his name Jordan uh, Maxwell yeah that's the type of spiritual evolution that it's being promoted for the welfare and the better 
the better uh, for, for humanity to evolve. That's mm. what we need. That'll be our savior. Mm. So that's where I believe the trick rate, the deception comes comes to place. Right. I really do believe that with all my heart. Yeah, I, I'm gonna take a picture. Okay. Uh, I'm going to continue with, uh, there's a couple more stories. I'll just tell one more, though. This one is about, it's called the Heron Conspiracy. Uh, I'm just going to read it because I don't remember exactly how it went. I, I read a couple, I read a lot today in the morning, so um, it goes like this. Um, in the Heron Conspiracy, magic was used to harm Ramesses III. Huey, overseer of the royal cattle, secretly acquired a copy of a magical text from the royal library. In this manual... He learned how to mold wax figures and apply amulets in order to cast a deadly spell over the pharaoh. With the help of a royal official, the necessary equipment was smuggled into, palace, into the palace. The spells and the magical items were used to bring an end to the reign and the life of the pharaoh in order to place upon the throne another. And so then it goes, the last of the native Egyptian pharaohs was king Naktanbeo II, who ruled during 360 BC. Highly skilled was he at deciphering omens and interpreting sky charts. He was a renowned, renowned magician and astrologer in his time. It is said that once, when Egypt was about to be invaded, Naktanebo II went to his magical laboratory and fashioned a wax figure of the enemy, placing them in a bowl of water. Okay, so now I remember. So what this guy did is he knew a lot about magic. So when he knew that um, somebody was going to try to come and invade Egypt, he created a, a mold figure of the boat, that, the boats that were going to come and invade. He created a mold, I mean a wax mold of this boat, and he put it in a bowl of water. And so he recited this spell and its incantation, and it caused the boat to sink. And then weirdly, whenever the boat was actually coming to invade, the same thing happened to him. So he was kind of like creating a little miniature of what he wanted to happen. And he included some magical spells and incantations and actually created this to happen. So I'll ask you, Chris, do you think it's possible for people to do things like this? I think it is possible. You know, um, there's a lot we don't know. And maybe they know something we don't. Um, I do feel like you definitely need to do your research or, you know, it's passed down. It's not just given out, you know. Um, yeah, bro, anything's possible. You can't deny nothing without knowing. Right, right. So, so, so I was reading all this magical stuff and I started thinking and like, man, I bet this stuff actually does happen. But like we were saying earlier, this is done through the help of evil spirits. And we all know that Lucifer was a super intelligent being, a, a genius. He basically knows everything about this world. He knows how DNA works. I'm sure he knows how to fuck with physics to a way that he can like actually create changes in this world. Like he could probably, like we said earlier, he could uh, bring the head of a decapitated person back together. And he does this through some, some type of technology that we might not understand. I'm sure you have heard the quote. I think it was Arthur C. Clarke. He said something like, any uh, technology th that's, that we don't understand can be looked at as if it were magic. So when somebody does something, for example, if you were to bring like a, t a phone to a person from the past, they would think that that was magic or some type of um, evil thing because they don't understand that it's a cell phone and they have no idea how any of that stuff works. So similarly, I think that these fallen angels or demons, 
have the power to do certain things that we can't because they understand this reality so much more that they can actually manipulate it. And I think that we possibly we can, being that supposedly we only use 10% of our brain, I think that we can levitate and do all that stuff. But I think that in order to do that, you have to... Well, there's supposedly there's a pill out there now. You have to the third eye, basically. There's a pill out there now, it's kind of like Limitless, where you can access more of your brain. It's kind of like Adderall. Yeah, pill. It's probably crack. We'll probably try to sell you crack. Do you know? Uh, do you know any? Uh, do you know when it came out, or do you know anything more about that? What like, it's called? Is there, is there like a started with the A? Oh. It was an A. Adderall. Definitely Adderall. Acetaminophen. Okay, so yeah. th- so I was reading this stuff, right? I was very like, damn, intrigued. And so when I got home, um, I started looking and reading into King Solomon because, according, well, I don't know if y'all know, but there is a book of King Solomon called the Testament of Solomon, but it's not in the Bible. And it's very weird because similarly, like the book of Enoch, it has these things that make you think and make you question as to what's really going on within the spiritual world and this spiritual battle that's essentially happening all the time. (coughs) And so earlier we mentioned that King Solomon asked for wisdom and that's what he wanted. And God gave him wisdom and then all the riches of the world. Apparently he was one of the most richest men that ever lived. So in this testament that he wrote, he tells the story of when he began constructing the temple in Jerusalem, he noticed that there was a boy that was being haunted or like attacked by spirits. And according to the story, what would happen is that the, this spirit would go to this boy at night and suck on his thumb and pull his, his soul out of his thumb. But then I was looking more into that and some guy, um, some Jewish scholar who really knows a lot about the, the Talmud and like, I mean, the, what's the first Bible? The Torah? What are the most Muslims being? I think the Torah. Let's just say the Torah. He's very knowledgeable in uh, Hebrew, the Hebrew way of looking at, at Christianity. And the way he said it was that this demon wasn't sucking his thumb. He was actually sucking his dick. So it was like a pedophilic fallen angel, like stealing the life energy of this boy by sucking his dick so but i don't know that's what they say and they substituted that for the word thumb anyways so uh solomon noticed this and he asked god to be able to help what's going on and so god gives king solomon this ring it's called the key of solomon and it's weird i'm gonna look it up so y'all guys can see and tell me if this looks satanic so with this ring that god gives uh solomon uh he tells him that this key has the power to control and uh, manipulate demons okay check this out guys doesn't this look kind of a cult and weird i look look up the key of solomon online guys and you get like this it's kind of like a pentagon it reminds me of the tool symbol actually but it's like a pentagram and there's like hebrew letters in it it looks very occult but uh so apparently this ring that god gave solomon like I said, has the power to command and control demons. And so with this ring... Of like that Doctor Strange? Yeah, it does look like, like Doctor Strange mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, so with this key, Solomon commands that this, um, this demon stop hurting this child. And so the demon says... Because Solomon threatened this demon to like, I don't know, with death or like being locked up somewhere. And so this demon says, no, please don't do that to me. If you let me go, I will bring you all the demons and you can have control over them. And so Solomon agrees, 
And so now Solomon has control over all of these demons. And apparently what he does is he uses these demons to create the temple. And he makes them to start cutting stone, moving the stone. And when I was reading this, I started thinking, okay, so what if in the past Lucifer or these fallen angels visited different cultures around the world and they brought knowledge such as stone cutting, lifting heavy stone, uh, things about the mystical world, about the spiritual world. And they give this stuff to man and kind of tricked them into thinking that they were gods. And you can see this throughout all cultures. Here, I pulled this up earlier. It's, it's like uh, snake worship. It's snake worship is known to exist throughout all the world. It exists in ancient Mesopotamia, in Judaism, in Gnosticism, in African tribes such as the Dang, Dangbi. Um, ancient Egypt venerates snakes. Uh, North America does, like uh, the Quetzalcoatl in the Mayan culture. In South America, um, there's a pre-Incan Chavin culture that uh, also uses worship snakes. And throughout all these cultures, they venerate snakes and they call them um, bringers of wisdom and they're full of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so here it says, uh, I was reading this earlier, it says, um, in mythology, the serpent, the serpent symbolizes fertility, procreation, wisdom, death, and resurrection. Do, do because you know how the snakes shed their skin, so they kind of rebirth, become a new thing again. And so all these ancient cultures love snakes. And so what I'm thinking is... What if all these cultures were being visited by fallen angels and they were showing mankind how to do these, these fantastical things with like rocks and stone and that's how they created the pyramids, the megalithic structures all around the world. And now humanity's all left wondering, how do they do this? We all, I've always scratched my head about this. How the fuck did these people, primitive supposedly people, create these things that we can't do nowadays? I'm a machinist. I know how hard it is to cut metal. But stone is even way harder. And then you talk about granite. That's impossible to fuck with. You, we can't cut it. Even with the high-speed tools that we have, we can't do it. And so as I came through this world of knowing about this occult and, I guess, demonic type of stuff, I'm beginning to believe more and more that all of these things were being done through dark spirits. What do you think about that, Drew? Yeah, yeah, man. The aid of, of spirits being open and susceptible to it, being vulnerable and welcoming to it, uh, you will have the aid to do supernatural things, to do uh, inhuman-like things that aren't commonly known to mankind using our, our physical utilities, our hands, our feet, you know, different stuff like that. So that's why I believe that you could open up a portal, if you will, you yourself, uh, voluntarily or involuntarily, um, uh, welcome certain entities in and um, you know and that's how uh, un uh, uncommon things happen in your life especially things that are incredible spiritual or magical that's how they happen because uh, you have the aid of supernatural or spiritual or extraterrestrial beings mm -hmm. who, who help you do that Right. Yeah, see, but we can't just say it could be demons because, you know, what you were just saying about if we brought one of them back in time and we showed them a cell phone, they'll be like, what the hell? How mm -hmm. did y'all get this? 
So maybe it was more simpler back then, or they had their way of doing it. And then if they came, you know, they, they see these screens on the TV, they're going to be like, how'd y'all do that? Mm-hmm. Did demons give y'all that mm-hmm. too? You know, so we can't just say maybe demons were involved. I don't know. I, I feel from what I've gathered, that seems to make the most sense to me. It sounds crazy and lunatic, but I feel like... So with, uh, whoever created electricity or uh, all these computers and technology, would you call them demons too then? Mm, well, weirdly enough, Nikola Tesla, the, the guy who basically created all of modern society right. through electricity, I don't know if y'all know, he was saying that he was getting messages from Mars. Do y'all know that? He was crazy. Well, I don't know if y'all seen that one video on TikTok that I sent y'all about Alexa. Oh, but yeah. okay. So explain it. Well, no, nah, it was just I, like he was pretty much asking Alexa, like I guess the population of Mars, and then Alexa, I think on the title was like Alexa, you know, this is why AIs can't lie to you, and Alexa was like the population of Mars is like one point. Just an example, 1.2 million. Uh-huh. And then he said that and asked it about the moon, and it was like, you know, same thing. I don't know about that. I think that stuff can be fake, but yeah, I see weird but videos. But what you just said of uh, Nikola Tesla getting messages from... Yeah, but that could be programmed. Someone could just tell Alexis to say that. I'm saying... No, but I'm saying I'm saying your example you just said. Tesla was saying that he was getting messages, and that's where he was Mars. getting the blueprints to make all of this stuff. So he was getting this knowledge... From something he didn't see. Where is this knowledge coming from? What if it is demons? That's what I'm saying. See, it could... Or it could be, you know, advanced civilization. Maybe. Is there any more we can do? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so just what you said, yeah. So, an advanced civilization, what do you mean by that? Aliens? So It could so just be us like, more civilized, bro. Maybe, civilized, maybe... Like civilized, you mean like uh, augmented? Like we don't have religion... Sort you know, like we're not arguing about whose God is better or, or so racism or anything. Maybe they, I don't know. Like, I feel like people know they just they, they can't say. Say what do you mean? I don't know. Right, they can't speak up. You know, like there's, will threaten to kill your family or whatnot. <coughs> oh yeah, certainly people know, but they're at the top of the pyramid. We don't even know who their names are. They're like people who are, they're like behind the scenes. They're, they're the masterminds uh, on which direction the world turns to, not just America, but globally. And whatever parts of the world, or whatever parts can't be controlled, they're, uh, they're attacking that. I feel like. Or they're after that to get it under the one hype mindset to yeah. control everything and, and have a world order that benefits them. I feel like they, that same bloodline is, is the same bloodline that created the Bible or all these books, you know, all these ideas, you know. But also the Bible does have a lot of content that opposes that bloodline. It calls them out too, you know. That's why, again, that's why I really it could be It could be reverse psychology. It's a lot of stuff like that is reverse psychology. So, no, I, I get that, Chris, but there no, are yeah, a, lot a, lot of, stuff, a lot of stuff. There are a lot of stuff that are playing on the resistance side, but they're ultimately, you know, I mean, what no better way to, to control the opposition than by leading them and word grenades, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, I get that, bro. There is word grenades. <coughs> ultimately, the force that reckons with the Bible, or like the force that symbolizes the Bible, 
think if you study it to its bone, it's the only opposing force to a new world order. Now the Christian movement you got going on here on TV and elsewhere, yeah, I think that's all fake. That's how it was huge clothing. But I think hard, uh, authentic, biblical, fundamental ethics, I think um, that's ultimately what's being attacked. And the Christian movement is, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's a movement designed to mimic that and to lead curious uh, Christians away from that ultimate truth with the capital T. Mm -hmm. So it's it mimics that, but it's uh, you know, man, it, it's it's an opposing side. It's all it's all reverse ecology. Everything has got infiltrated yeah. to one point or another. You know, it's times like this. I wish I had video for you guys because when after Drew starts smoking, his hands start moving like he does, like cool, like. He does diagrams with his hands, and it's like he's very active with his hands. And I can, like, when you do stuff like that right now, I feel like I understand you more. And, and, and you know, guys, it's weird. And, and you know, I we, we could dive into that a little bit too. But uh, man, you know, being really self-observant, right? Being a bit introverted, I feel like I've started doing that after I listened to a lot of Jordan Peterson. Hand gestures? Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, really? Yeah, because uh, you know, before work, put on my computer, I make coffee, but I'm on YouTube. I, I love Jordan Peterson. I look yeah. up to him a lot, but I he's noticed, changed. I noticed a lot. him on stage. He talks, and also whenever I'm talking, like you know, me and Pete yesterday, we were at Auburn Park talking to two of our homeboys. I was, I was talking to them, right? Slow down you know, there. Tell them two plus two is four. You know, <laughs> that wasn't like that. But I noticed one thing that Jordan Peterson does whenever he walks around, he messes with his ring finger, right? Oh yeah. You know, just and then, bro, I started doing that too. Hmm. Not that I'm consciously trying to mimic him, but whenever you like somebody, you're more able to be influenced by it. Right. Right? Yes. Um, so, yeah, man, but with the hand stuff, I never used to do that one. Uh, yeah, I know. Talk, I know. know. But, yeah, bro, I'm like, hmm, okay, I know it's something different about Andrew. <laughs> I'm like, why do I do this? Yeah, I feel, I feel like more uh, more powerful in the conversation. Yeah. More it's more understanding, but I'm ultimately trying to get my message across, but I know it came from, I, I watch too much of his content. I'm therefore influenced right. some way by him. But, yeah, bro. I know I started doing that. It was an unconscious thing. I didn't mean to start doing that. It was an unconscious thing. But I picked that up from Jordan Peterson somehow. Like, I never used to do that at all. I'm going to start doing that more. Because yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm understanding you a little bit better. I don't know. It's weird. I, I feel like I, I talk more clear with more clear verbiage if I somehow create a mental picture in my head. And this is what I wanted to, to also comment on at the beginning of the podcast. You know, you said um, the whole thing about... Uh, analyzing people and you know a foot uh, judging cover and stuff and i was going to say that you know like almost 90 percent of, of uh, communication is on nonverbal yeah. body language yeah cetera, that's your crazy energy, your body language and it doesn't necessarily matter matter how what you say but it matters how you say it mm. one time i was watching this video and uh, i forgot who, who it was that said this but they said man you know if you're really swag if, if you're really confident you can tell a girl the dumbest thing, but if you're really sincere about it and if you're really confident about it, that girl will listen to you. Right. You know? Yeah. Because, I mean, it's just how you say it, right. you know? And but then again, I mean, that that's also used against you because, I mean, you know, man, I mean... Politicians can get a hold of that knowledge and manipulate right, yeah. people. That's what I was thinking, man. It's, right. it's, you know, if you get an authoritative figure, put them on the knees... And I'm doing it again. You know, <laughs> I've been doing it. Well, on the news, like Dr. Fauci, 
people are going to be hypnotized by your PhD degree or just some type of authoritative government mm -hmm. figure. You know, um, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, bro. Well, and then even think about that. grenades that said that too. You, you, you get an authoritative figure to repeat something again and again and again, they will believe you. Yeah, and then you add to the, that the idea of you, you get people like, I'm sure you've seen studies where they do, where they have people wear like a, a doctor's lab coat and just wearing that, people mm -hmm. are accepted more because yeah. they think they're a doctor, they went to school, they have all these accolades. Or you have a, a guy wearing a, like a helmet hat and a orange vest and you think he's a construction worker and then he comes with a clipboard to your house, you're like, oh, this guy's legit, I need to listen to what he's saying. So, you know, you add all those things together and then you put that on TV, you can manipulate the whole world. And so coming back to what Chris was saying, like he asked, do you think Nikola Tesla and all this electronic stuff that came about is evil? Well, in a sense, check about it, well, check about it like this. Okay, do you think the world would be a better or a worse place if we didn't have TVs or media? It's not necessarily TV or media. It's the use of it. It's well, that's the, what I'm saying. It's the overdose of that. Well, well, that's, well that's what I'm saying. What it is... It could be a good thing. That's why Anton LaVey commented and he said the TV is the satanic church's number one altar because now we have a vehicle or a tool or a form of Googling it's on there. Now we have a way where we can implant a TV, lower cost, in everybody's household around the world. Mm -hmm. And all we do, all we have to do is put general vague programming that's all one-sided. It may be presented like it's two sides or three sides, of, you know, conservatism and liberalism, but it all comes back to the same picture. You know, so we can, yeah, he said the TV is the satanic movement's number one altar. You know, so I agree with that, man. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. What if Eddie Bravo says is that all of this media and TV and radios and movies, all of this was created to indoctrinate and manipulate humanity. And I feel like it does. Yes, there are good things like the Internet, which we can communicate and talk to people. We can gain knowledge. We can spread awareness. Yet it's also being used by social media companies right now to segment and divide the people more and more. And so I guess that was a pretty good talk, guys. Um, do you have anything more to add? Christopher? No, why it, bro? I mean, this is going pretty good. Okay, let's keep going. What do you want to talk about? Um, so, yeah, no, no. that's actually a fascinating idea. That idea that all of this, even though it is cool, the TV, there's entertainment, there's knowledge, it is, in the end of the day, like you were saying earlier, Drew, 90% of communication is nonverbal. And then I tied in the idea of once you give somebody, like, appropriate clothes, like a lab coat or something, it gives more status to a person. So this then ties in the idea of signs and symbols rule the world. It's not literally the things that you're saying. It's how you present yourself, the signs that are on you, the background that you're presenting yourself within. And, These. And, and why do they rule the world? Because your subconscious mind rules you. 90% of the action is done on autopilot. So if your, if your conscious mind doesn't register signs and symbols, but your subconscious mind does. So your logical, rational mind it doesn't register its symbols, but its conscious mind does. You can become more influenced by that. This is why, you know, we certain truthers or researchers out there bask under the idea that we are uh, uh, we are indoctrinated to the occult in some way or another. Harry Potter or just other movies, music and media out there that aren't black and white occultism, but that can put it in your face but it's done, not what, but how it's done. <coughs> yeah. A cult in the form of Harry Potter, a, a cult in the form of the wizard, uh, or uh, Selena Gomez Disney, 
or whatever it's called, a cult in the form of music videos. So people's guard will be down because hey, it's a music video, and you know, the the settings in a music video is just all about a young girl who got picked on in school and wants to be popular and wants to attract everybody. So now this girl goes home in the music video and turns on a music board, and all of a sudden this girl's like one of the popular girls. It's done in that form so people can be more accept, uh, accept, uh, more susceptible to it. So that people won't have their guards down. I mean, their guards up. Because who wouldn't root for the girl who's getting picked, or, or the boy who's getting picked on in school? Right. You know, so that's why they do it in that form. That that's why they, you know, popularize LGBTQ, they're getting bullied, therefore, it's not done in the form of any other way because people will have the guard samples like, that doesn't make sense, how can this, you know, but it's done in the form of love is love. Well, the people will say, who doesn't believe in love? Yeah, love is love, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, we support that. But if it's done in the form of like, basically trying to tell somebody that, hey, where are you going? Okay, all right. They're yeah. going to be here, right? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, if it's done in that form, well, it's all like, fat ass. If it's done in the form of like, he <laughs> 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 said something about pizza. He's gonna go. I don't know. He's gonna go sell something. Uh, if it's done in the, I thought he's gonna go get pizza. Yeah, Christoph. If, if it's done in the form of like, you know, any other thing, you know, it's it's kind of like, uh, who knows, man? I saw this video by uh, the the Black Child Productions, right? It's a really cool video. He was talking about his take on gun confiscation and about how that's going national, like really rampant today in America. And um, one could argue, okay, the reason why certain, the reason why guns would, would be uh, confiscated is because it's done in the form of school shootings, because we wouldn't want to end school shootings, therefore we must get away, we must stop guns, right? So of course people would support that, but if it's done in the form of like, you just want to take away your guns just too, people won't buy into that. So, so you got to give a reasonable excuse, mm-hmm. a good, logical, valid argument. And so that's what, you know, what he thinks is probably happening right now with gun confiscation. So nobody would believe that you're doing it with the intention of doing it for selfish reasons or to take away people's liberty or freedom. People would think you're doing it under the intention to prevent school shootings. So people are much more likely to to go along promote, with it. promote that you know? right. no yeah for sure it's, it's weird it, it seems like that's the whole story of history a give and take of the oppressors <laughs> coming up with the perfect lies to like further their agenda mm-hmm. yeah man um, problem reaction solution bro Bordo at KO mm-hmm. rise of the phoenix you know um, burn the phoenix to ashes and then it bursts anew right create something new out of the destroyed Bring back better. What's it called? Build back better. Build back better. Which, if you put the BBB, that's six six six. Did you know that? No, I didn't know. Build back better is three Bs. Yeah. And three Bs is six six six. How is it six six six? I'll show you right now. I'm gonna pause real quick, guys. So yeah, guys, I just showed Drew how uh, I had posted something on how build back better is a uh, hidden six 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 within it. Hey, bro, isn't that funny how uh, simultaneously didn't never Biden came into office? Didn't that Democratic uh, Logan, uh, not Logan, logo, uh, get inverted? Which one? Uh, 
that Democratic Party uh, is in uh, the logo. Is it there like an upside down star now or something like oh, that? Oh, I don't know. Let's look it up. And also the yeah. Democrat logo, or yeah, it's, it. it's a D with a circle around it. That. No, the star has been uh, inverted or like upside down. Oh. You remember something this? Like that? Yeah, I think it's something like oh, that. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, I saw a video about it. It made sense to me, but I can't. It was a long time ago, so I can't explain it. Right so now. I looked it up, guys, and I typed in uh, Democrat logo star, and there's like a logo that uh, the Democratic Party put out for their national convention, and it's basically a pentagram. So and, and I find that funny how it's at the same time where you displayed the Build Back Better. That was from Biden. Mm-hmm. Also, whenever Biden came to office, you see that Democratic logo, like right. the pentagram or whatever. Uh, you know, I like to find uh, similar things like that. You know. Yes. Yeah. So going back to that theme that signs and symbols rule the world, this dark power rules through these signs of like pentagrams um 666 Mm -hmm. this dark evil stuff and see going back to what i was saying earlier how this demonic forces visited all these cultures even in buddhism when you see buddha like he's uh, in the lotus position and he has his like fingers his thumb and his uh, index finger pointing together that everyone knows that's the 666 sign and then you go into hinduism their gods and their statues are also doing this sign so it's weird how there's this thread of this this weird symbolism that goes back even into Buddhism, which just seems like a good thing. This is why I've always associated every religion, even though they're different, like Buddhism, what's different from other religions at the forefront, but deep to its core. I think it all, it all goes back to, to one belief system, and I think that one belief system is self-transcendence, uh, uh, tra- transhumanism, self-salvation. And the only... Religion that seems to not reflect that thing is is, is uh, the Bible, mm-hmm. because it, it's it gives the uh, uh, salvation comes from Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. but uh, every other religion doesn't agree with that. Right. So they're different on the forefront, you know, but at at the core, it's basically every religion argues for eternity. I think that's the basis, the premises of every religion. Right. It's all about eternity, you know. Um, and then not only that, but even worldly religious leaders from all walks of life are coming together in conferences. Google, it's all happening right now, you know, for a world religion, uniting all walks and all faiths. But the only thing that seems to be against that, bro, is the Bible. Right. Up, it, the Bible doesn't support that. Modern day Christianity on TV and the Hillsong United and this whole bullshit about Kanye West becoming Christian, Justin Bieber, and all this other bullshit. That's on board with it, but again, I think that's made to uh, uh, dissuade curious or vulnerable people or Christians who, who are interested or who are concerned or who want to get involved in you know in uh, in the Bible. So so Christianity is like the forefront to block out really hardcore not hardcore but authentic biblical truth yeah for sure you know man so i think that leads a lot of people away but i mean that's how that's what i believe about the one world uh, order i mean it's all every religion is different on the forefront yeah but deep to its core they support the one common thing that's all that really matters mm-hmm. for eternity if our if our eternity is really the only thing that matters in the end 
every religion has a different God, but the, the theme, the belief is transhumanism, transcendence through spiritual evolution, mm-hmm. uh, a, a, higher, a higher consciousness for, you know, a spiritual enlightenment. So their version of spirituality and of knowledge of enlightenment is, you know, the worship of wisdom or like opening up the, the pineal gland or stuff like that is the uh, spiritual elevation. Right, it's it's, it's enlightenment, uh, Illuminati or uh, you know illuminated. That means enlightenment. Seventeen seventy six. Remember, Adam Weishaupt formed that Illuminati May first. You know that that's what. Um, it was May first. Uh, May first, seventeen seventy six. Illuminati. Shit. Adam Weishaupt, a Jesuit priest. Um, he had, he had formed that order, and it means the enlightened ones, enlightened knowledge, right? Um, uh, same year that the Declaration of Independence was signed mm-hmm. by several Freemasons. And and also the Statue of Liberty too was created and uh, it's titled uh, it has liberate, li- liberation and enlightenment for all. Right. Same year those were made. No, well, the no. Statue of Liberty is supposed to represent Lucifer, the light bringer. She has a torch. Oh, the torch. Yeah, yeah. bro. You know, yeah, see that, man. So you see all of that happening, happening in the same year. Of course, that forms more of a solid belief system because now you see evidence not evidence but you see like you know you see many examples all supporting the same belief. right the same thread goes through all these stories same thread, brother. that's that's how you get more facts where like you know that that's how you believe in something mm-hmm. you know people wouldn't believe that that covid was probably um i wouldn't have supported the fact that covid was probably uh pre-planned but if you tell me that oh man the years leading up to COVID, CEOs were gradually, you know, just, dropping off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes me huh. So why, why right. is that that common a trend, that thread happening? Makes you wonder, like, how would they? Or on nine eleven, the the most important people just weren't there on that day. They didn't show up. All of a sudden, okay, I'll, okay, that, that that's a possibility, but it's not a probability. Mm-hmm. That's only one out of a billion chance that okay, they just didn't show up. Yeah, right. But for the most part, no, there's something to it. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I definitely believe, bro. There is definitely a spiritual battle and war going on, and like to harp back on what uh, Jordan Maxwell was saying at the beginning, at the end of that video, he was saying that we do have a responsibility on this world. And to me, and the thing that I like also that's interesting that's also in the Bible, it says that our purpose here is to serve one another, to help one another, to raise our consciousness, to become as smart as we can. Because like Drew was saying. And, and I agree that if, you, if you're smart, you can figure anything out. You know, you can have all the money in the world, but you might be a dumbass who needs to pay for other people to do your shit. But if you're smart, you can figure out how to do things on yourself, how to solve problems yourself. So um, I think that's it, Drew. I'm, I'm, I got to end it soon. I'm, I got to chill with the family. Yeah, I'm, cool. I'm doing this thing where I'm, I'm watching old movies with my daughter, like movies from the 90s. So last week we watched, um, what the fuck did we watch? Twister, you remember the movie Twister? Nice. That was a good it, man. It's crazy how the movies in the past were so much better, and so today. The music too. Man. Yeah, it, for sure. I feel like humanity peaked in the '90s, and probably 2000s when they fucking started really going after everything. Like after after September 11th, that's when the New World Order really like said, "Okay, here this is us. This is what we can do." Right. And so today we're gonna watch Speed. Remember Speed? That was a good ass movie too. Where'd you go? Where'd you go, Chris? Uh, I just want to go set some speakers.
yeah. Uh, Chris is an entrepreneur. He sells things for a living. Yes, sir. I love the hustle. Anything I can flip, I will do. Okay, so I, that's it, Chris. We're pretty much ending it. Do y'all have anything y'all want to share? Mm-hmm. Any wor- words of encouragement? Positivity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, to end, I always like to end with the, on a positive note. And uh, this, since, since I always listen to podcasts, uh, do y'all know Tim Dillon, the comedian? Mm-hmm. He's hilarious. So um, uh, I saved this part because I thought it was funny. And uh, go ahead. I wrote one more thing. Uh, but yeah, you, you had sent us a message about a guy, Andrew Tate, being kicked off. Oh, yeah. Oh, you too? Yeah. So uh, yeah, Andrew Tate, we should have an episode on him, maybe. Talk about him and how he did this one video, Jesse, about he was talking about the New World Order. And that's yeah. why they took him off. I think it was. I, I remember seeing. Well, that. everything he was saying, it was kind of like like a two like Tupac. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everything he was speaking was like true. Uh, right. And like, they don't want that. They, they don't, don't want, want that. that. Uh, but so anyway, so this is Tim Dillon, and uh, I want to end on him as the positive note for the for this episode. And so he he goes on this rant right here about anxiety, and about just the things we all know, but it feel like we have to repeat them because people. It seems like humanity has lost its basic knowledge of just how to be a proper, happy person. So I'm gonna end with this Tim Dillon thing, and then from there, I'm gonna end with this song that I also discovered this week, titled Children of the Moon. And I like it because it talks about how we're basically being manipulated by the people on top. And so it kind of goes in theme with this episode. So uh, thank you guys for checking it out, this episode. And remember, there's no ads on this show, except the first one in, in that's only to join Anchor if you want to start a podcast. So if y'all want to send a tip, there is a link on the show. And um, thank you, Drew and Chris, for stopping by. Y'all have anything else to finish with? That's it. You know, in these hard times, man. Here he goes. You just got go. to be positive. You just got to keep going through it, you know. It's part of life. We didn't ask for it, but we're here. I think, well, there's this idea that we do ask to come here at this time. Do you believe in that? I, we do ask. That we we ask to be born in this time and period in time. Well, like I've told you before, like I feel like I've been here before, so I, I didn't. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know that because that, I, that I don't. Idea, know. I'm sorry. My bad. That idea, it's an idea, but it's just a figment of the mind. Like yeah. it's not concrete. Yeah, it could just it, be it something. It simply arouses thought right. and, and triggers uh, philosophy. Makes you feel debate, good, but does it make sense though? Yeah, I, I don't mean, know. Is there a concrete leverage to it? I don't think there's. You could ever show proof for that. Until it's, just, you die. it's just like faith. It's just a thing, yeah, that you people know, believe. Mean, okay, well, guys, thanks for listening. And I'm really going to start with this Tim Dillon video, and then I'm going to bring in that uh, outro song. So check this out. This is Tim Dillon. He's hilarious. Um, but I get it. I've had anxiety my, myself. I have problems myself. So much of this is about it's case by case. You know yeah, what sure. I mean? So there's people that are severely anxious and depressed that need medication to function in life. And then there are people who are having situational depression who with cognitive behavioral therapy, they can improve their lives greatly. That includes changes in diet. That includes maybe exercise. That includes uh, moderation of drugs and or alcohol, even in marijuana, the, which everybody loves, can exacerbate underlying mental health issues. This is a fact. Right? So not everybody is a well-adjusted person. There's a lot of people, I'm nuts and everyone I know is nuts. Now we're talented, you know, but I'm telling you this, I know a lot of people that need to be on medication and I'm not saying that medication is not good, but I'm also saying 
we are an over medicated country because there are like sometimes I will eat something I shouldn't eat. If I eat like a big ice cream sundae, I feel happy. I go, oh, I like it. It feels good. But then you then you get tired. God, oh, I'm sad now because the sugar high is over. The high of the sugar is over. The insulin crash comes. And then you're just like, oh, I didn't know. Why did I do it? And then you're disgusted with yourself. And you're like, I've been bad. I've been bad. And you get upset in these negative feelings. And listen, that can happen with booze. It can happen with food. It can happen with any of these things, right? It can happen with laziness and sloth. If you don't do it, you don't want to accomplish the things you're doing. You then get disgusted and it becomes this negative feedback loop where you're like, I'm a piece of shit. Those are more situational things that can be helped by lifestyle changes and maybe some light medication. Tiny pill, walk around the track. Walk around at 7.30 at night, have a jasmine tea, get in your bed, nut. Get in your bed and don't be a nut. All right, guys, so that was Tim Dillon. Uh, I was laughing when I heard that at work. It's just It's so easy and so simple, but people need this repeat it often and so what do you think of that drew pretty good pretty good i, I love tim dylan okay guys you didn't ask me that question what do you nah, think no no let's hear it now chris let's see what you have to say i knew i, I was well, let's see what you got i was just a joke bro right 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 okay guys so thanks for listening to the show um let us know what you let me know send me an email or something uh on my instagram truth.in.media or send me an email at bricks in the wall podcast at gmail and let me know what you think about that idea that demons are the ones that kind of helped humanity do these cool things, but uh, for a dark reason or, or just to like pull the minds of men away from the true God. But anyways, this is the song I want to end with. This is called The Children of the Moon by the Alan Parsons Project. And this is a pretty cool song. Hey, I was listening to that band. Or yeah. They were called Symbols. Yeah. I sent you a lot of things, but I guess nobody reads it. <laughs> Bro, Drew be sending links upon links that I, I don't well, even... We already talked about this. Yeah, we already talked about this. Bro, I sent y'all my, my research. You sent us 30 <laughs> things I wanted to Right. But bro, I, I've listened to that band. Okay. Uh, well, well, look, he even has this... This album has the, the symbol of the okay, Egyptian. That's okay. So that's the eye, the all-seeing eye. That's kind of weird. But I like the song because it kind of talks about how we're being manipulated by those on top. So thanks for listening to the show, guys. Send a tip and uh, know thyself, improve thyself. Find the others and then you'll know what to do. Peace.
Peace.